Hi, I'm Trenton Stander. Hi, I'm Tim Brown. And, and this is the Open Heart Cast. Back, yes, we all back with some caffeine. With some caffeine, and uh, discussing how we're going to carry on, or what mm. what we ended with in the shop talk was um, <clears throat> what are you willing to suffer for? Yes, but um, before we get right into that topic, we're going to walk you through rolling cigarettes because that's what you're busy with. Yeah, got to make a nice little mound. Yeah, well, yeah. I think we can talk about what else we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so uh, what you're willing to suffer for. And then um, something I shared with Trenton the other day of Immanuel Kant's universal law. Yeah. Um, which we will quote, but it's the one rule, one law to rule them all. Mm. I need a filter, eh? No, for not that, that kind of filter. I need for a filter for my cigarette. <laughs> Um, and then what else are we going to discuss? Uh, values. Right. Values. Right. Right. We're also discussing, uh, just just on the the last few minutes of our conversation before I started, we, we started recording, is we were talking about... Tim and I were having a little rant in the kitchen. Like, I was talking to him about ideas for the podcast. <laughs> and, like, I said, do you understand what I'm saying? And he's like, mm. Mm. And I'm like, mm? Mm? And you're like, mm is a very perfect, like, reasonable <laughs> response. <laughs> so I'm like, well, at least sound like you're on board, dude. And I'm like, and then I start going on this rant. Jared rant. This Jared rant. We're going to call this this persona Jared. And he's, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, he's just like, oh, I've, I've got ideas too, dude. I've got ideas too. And, uh, and it's not like I'm just your, your co-host and like, are you wearing eye makeup? <laughs> <laughs> and this Jared rant was like so crazy. Yeah. It was like um, it was like I I I I'm I'm a, I'm a human being too. I'm I'm just your co-host. I have ideas. You want to go on your little psilocybin trips and come back and you think you're all wise and shit and like <laughs> so we could have different personas for like. For, va- for like venting yeah. and like having stupid arguments or having fun like uh, mm. Uncle Frank and Uncle George <laughs> Uncle Frank and Uncle George oh man so so what we, we what we're discussing with this is like we want to have these personas that we have little episodes with many episodes many episodes where where we just like like start it freestyle it and uh oh man it's it's gonna be great. i want to see the manager <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's fucking karen that's karen yeah so oh fuck i didn't put weed in this one fuck's sakes put it down and roll another one fuck, man anyway so that's what we're going to talk about mm. um in the future but getting back to what we were originally talking about because at least you've mm. rolled one fuck i'll just no hold on yeah, just roll another one. Just roll another one. You can save that one for later. Yeah. When there's no more devil's cabbage. Yes. So, yeah, um, what are you willing to suffer for? 
Right, which goes back to what what kept you willing to maintain your edge with, or what what you willing yeah, to what carry. you're willing to carry. Yeah, what um, you're willing to carry. And that that's such a great way to lead into this conversation. Because I mean, like in bushcraft, what you what you're willing to carry to make your life easier. But in life, what are you willing to? Yeah, you need that stuff. Yes. Yeah. What are you willing to carry in terms of burden? What you're willing to suffer in order to achieve something? That, I'm, I'm so on board with this right now, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation because it's such a great conversation to have. It really is. <clears throat> so I want to hear your thoughts on it, bro. What's so my thoughts are, you know, that with the the modern lifestyle we live with, social media and news and fucking everybody's connected but disconnected and. Um, I've been reading a lot of uh, or listening to a lot of Mark Manson and his you know subtle art of not giving a fuck yeah because you 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 know you've got a limited number of fucks to give so you better decide wisely where you place your fucks very um, true so and it the book the subtle art is is not really so much about not giving a fuck it's more about what are your core values yeah, you know what drives you, um, and whether those values are healthy or not healthy. Sure, sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> Karen, I want to see the manager. <laughs> what the fuck? All right. Oh, so, fuck. so in any case, so carry on. I'm, I'm listening. I want to hear this. So, you know. Having a bit of time every now and then to just sit and reflect on on things because you know we, we live a high or well, I live a high paced life. I mean, I've got family, I've got a knife making business. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do. And I've got you know I still work for the cunt factory. Um, in the meantime, do so they make day. cunts there on a regular basis, or is this just no? Like it's a, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's not. It's a slow breeding process of uh, making cuts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So everybody in there is like, yeah, you, you know, you, you've got to be there at least thirty years to be co- be considered a a, a cunt of value. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> she's such an animal. <laughs> I was thinking, she's no, such an no, animal. People, there's, there's a whole audience right now out there listening right now, cringing. <laughs> As you say that. <laughs> I was listening to Dave Chappelle and he was talking about one of the greatest books he's read is by uh, a pimp from the 1940s or whatever. Yeah. And his description of like, uh, 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 what's it? The, a bottom bitch. The bottom bitch is your, is your main chick that gets you all the money and she makes sure all the other chicks are in line or whatever. Uh, so that was your... <laughs> That was your your bottom bitch, but then he says each prostitute's got like a mileage, oh, and a good pimp can tell how many tricks she can turn before she she like loses her shit, because eventually you know you can only do so much bad shit until you fucking lose your shit. So that's what they call there the the hose mileage. So maybe like Chappelle said, she's good for five hundred fucks. Jeez. So when she gets to 498, you've got to make sure she's out. <laughs> Jesus. That's hectic. 
But it's a capital system. Cap- God, it's capitalism. It's such a grotesque way of, of looking yeah. at what it really is. But it's uh, oh man, that's another discussion, man. I, I don't I don't feel like I need to get into that right now. Yeah, um, that's some values. It's, what are you willing to suffer for? Okay, I mean, you know, whether you have a shit ton of money or you have no money. Everybody's got problems. Yes. It's just whether those some people have better problems than others. Yeah. So if you like got millions of dollars, yeah, your problem is maintaining those millions of dollars and what to do with it. Whereas if you've got fifty dollars, you know, your main concern is how you're going to feed your family. So you've got different sets of problems. Yeah. I, I'm. <sighs> Like, I hear what you're saying, but, like, but here's the thing is, like, I genuinely believe that I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not more difficult for other people, people who are perhaps extremely poor. I believe that, you know, changing the way that, that their lives need to be like they they must feel that we have an advantage to some degree mm. people who are extremely poor and the middle class and the mm. rich class there's definite definite distinctions of what you mm. can go through what you can experience mm. what you can't experience you can't have that nice car you can't can't have that nice house and but i do think that people often use that as an excuse mm. as to why they're not successful and yeah, some people have had some things that have happened to them that weren't their fault, mm-hmm. that they're in a situation. But I, I think like you can bounce into a thought process where you just like, I'm no good anymore because this happened, this happened, this happened. And you're essentially giving up the fight. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that's, when it's, that's when it's crazy tough. And this yeah. could go in a multiple, multiple different directions. But mm. the point is, having an optimistic view about mm. life is extremely valuable. Mm. Because even if you're in the toughest of environments and you mm. find a way to thrive and get mm. past these issues and get past these problems and def- definitely change the way you see the world, mm. you see things as a training program instead mm. of to get you to the person that you need to be. Mm. And all of these trials and tribulations that we go through are this are part of this training program for us. Some of them are extremely hectic things to deal with. Mm. But if we can just process them and move past them and mm. heal, we can become the best version of ourselves and become inspirations to others. Mm. Because you've you've gone through so much shit, you've got such an understanding of the broad spectrum of life, mm. how to help people. What do you have to gain by just like dying? Just just like you 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 just giving up. Like if mm. you can just take everything negative that happens to you and channel it into being a better person and a better self and being the person you have the potential to achieve to be there's nothing that should get in the way of you trying to achieve that Mm. and i don't think we realize how powerful we actually are Mm. there's definitely effort behind it Mm. there's definitely effort behind it but people have done it 
people have come from the slums Mm. and become rich people because of ambition and vision Mm. and dream and Mm. inspiration and the thing is talent it relates to what you're willing to suffer how how much what what burden are you prepared to carry in order to achieve something so if you if you're willing to go through a lot of suffering to achieve something that's valuable to you or to the community, then the amount you achieve will be related to what sort of suffering you're willing to bear. Because there can be no growth without suffering. Yes. And we're going to have to do push-ups now because that's from David Oh, <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, we'll have to do it after the podcast for yeah. sure. But we, we definitely do mm. stick to these programs. If we, make, mm. we make each other do them. Yeah. Um, but, but here's the thing about like some things like I don't know. There's so many different ways I could go with this. But at the moment, what I'm thinking of is like so many people, I, I don't know quite how to put this, but I, I think that there's a lot of people out there who are trapped by their own fears of either failing or actually fear of achieving mm. and not realizing it. Self-sabotage. Yeah. I'm pretty good at that. That's and it doesn't sound logical. Like, why would you try and hinder yourself from being your greater self? But I do think that, in a way, some people do do that. Mm. I mean, I definitely, I've spoken about this before. I've admitted that in the past, I used to be doing something that was detrimental to my growth a lot, Mm. which is watching a shit ton of TV, watching a shit ton of movies. Mm. But I've made that. Not not a practice in my mm. life anymore. And because of that, I have more time to research things mm. or grow myself in a, as a person of mm. being okay with being alone, being mm. okay with thinking and mm. being with yourself. Well, one of the things I, I watched recently was about... I can't remember who it was, but it's the five-hour rule. So, okay. one hour... Every day during the week, you spend on yourself, improving yourself. So reading something that's going to add value to your life, writing something down, doing a bit of meditation. But you spend one hour a day working on yourself. And it was Benjamin Franklin. That's who it was. Now I remember. So in the short term, that one hour that you're sacrificing to grow means you're less, you're less productive in that day for that, for your, say your job, you're less productive because of that one hour. But in the long term, you grow so much that the, the curves cross and you, you're on like a shallow gradient just doing the, what you have to do every day and not doing anything on improvement. But at a point, when you've done enough of the work to improve yourself, you pass that. Holy shit. 
Yeah. So Benjamin Franklin, I think he left school when he was like, he was young, he was like 12, 13 or something, to go do an apprenticeship with his father, working for his father. But he never stopped learning. So he may not have got a formal education in terms of school, but he kept learning by reading and contemplating different things and working. That's so incredible Mm. because it's almost like there's a few, and I wouldn't say very few, there's definitely a lot of successful people Mm. out there and a lot of people who've had fundamental parts of like teaching us things and yeah. and giving us different ways to view things philosophically and mm-hmm. and scientifically and all all these sorts of things but like they all a lot of them had difficult lives mm-hmm. they didn't all come from privileged backgrounds mm-hmm. a lot of people who understood things very well and had deeper uh, understanding of the reverence of life and how to like all these philosophical people mm. who are out there. What do you what do you call them? Like philosophers. Philosophers. Or, there we go. Or leaders or uh, thought thought leaders. Yes. Because like I and mean, Viktor Frankl formulated the majority of his stuff when he was in Auschwitz, in the concentration camp. So so this is this mm. is the point with specifically with that example, is that. Who was that again? Victor Frankl. Victor Frankl. Man's right? Search for Meaning. Okay. That's brilliant. I want to read that. But here's the point is that he was going through an extremely difficult time. And he still used that time to, to I don't know much about his he work. Re, he rewrote, he had this um, big paper that was a, he was about to publish into, into psycholo- psychology mainly. And um, he had it hidden in his clothes when they had to report, you know, where they got taken in by the Germans to go to the concentration camps. And he lost it. The manuscript was lost because they (coughs) took his clothes and gave him other clothes. So he spent his time in Auschwitz rewriting that uh, manuscript. And it provided a meaning for his suffering. It, it had him, it, it was something that could he could get him, it provided meaning in his life or purpose. Ah. So his theory is that if you have purpose, you can overcome so much more. And he, he related it to the people in the concentration camp where some people just got to the point where say they'd learned that their family had died or they just got to the point where the suffering was meaningless or there was no meaning to life. So they weren't willing to endure the suffering. Yeah. And they would just, they'd give in, they'd give in, they'd wake up in the morning and they wouldn't get out of bed. And then the guards would come in and beat them to get them out and they wouldn't get out of bed. And he said, you, you can be no, you can be certain of the fact that within the next two days, that person was going to die because they'd just given up, completely and utterly given up. Mm. Um, and I mean, he was, he was a, I would want to say a doctor, I think. So he did some medical work and treated people in 
the concentration camp, but he also still did physical labor as well. Fascinating. It's a, it's a really fascinating deep topic to get dived down, but uh, it is okay. So, I mean, if if you think about that five that five hour rule, the one hour a day to improve yourself. Yeah. Think about what Niels always said. When he started out, he used to spend a minimum of an hour a night on one specific task, be it plunge lines or bevels or forging the tip or forging the handle on small specific. He used to put in that one hour minimum a day on improving his skill. And in the short term, it was less productive because he couldn't make as many knives. Hmm. But after a long, long enough period of doing that, the quality of his work was way better than what it would have been had he had just been making a knife at a time. That's the best way to describe that one hour, that five hour rule. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. It's, it's, you know what's so admirable about, like one of the things I admire about Niels is that when he gets into something, he's extremely methodical mm. about learning about it, giving background and <coughs> historical mm. facts about the, the piece, um, understanding how the piece works, how to make it mm. so aesthetically pleasing, like mm. the, the angles that he's got in his mm. blades, the way he makes his guards and the and the, that fluting that he does on the, the daggers. Yeah. yeah. It's it's all done with such it's precision, man. It's and precision, it's, and it's so beautifully crafted and designed and put together. I mean, he helped a lot of dudes with their mm. dagger designs just mm. by making that whole dagger design mm. um, template. Template, and I mean that's <clears throat> that's the culmination of all his hours of research and drawing that he did to get to that point. Hundred percent. I mean, if you go on Nielsen's Pinterest. Uh, it's it's a it, fucking education. It's a black hole of knowledge. It's a black it's hole of suck knowledge, you in. man. That's the best way. It's the black dragon problem. What? what <laughs> blame we, the black dragon. Blame the black dragon. That's it. That's it. When when I whenever I get to talk to Niels, it's it's always a privilege because, mm. man, you start talking to him about something and he knows about it. And he has an opinion about it, and it's a very informed opinion. Mm. You know, um, don't talk about algorithms. <laughs> don't fucking talk about algorithms. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, <coughs> so <laughs> that was, that's an inside joke. Uh, <laughs> Nils cut me out because I was talking about uh, what I heard about an Instagram algorithm, <laughs> and he's like welding something up there and he stops and he's like what did you say about instagram algorithms and i said no apparently there's this instagram algorithm that they've changed and he's like what do you know about algorithms what the fuck do you know about algorithms i'm like actually nothing he's like he right so don't talk about something you don't know anything about i'm like okay all right all right all right good point good point <laughs> don't talk about like essentially what he's saying is like so true though mm. because so many people talk so much shit like they'll hear something and then they think it's they they get into a conversation where they can release this knowledge that they mm. know very little about but mm. you heard it somewhere online 
and mm. you're like, oh, there's this it's algorithm. It's on Facebook, so much yeah, be true. Yeah, yeah, there's this algorithm that's been changed on Facebook and na-na-na or Instagram or whatever. And it's actually, it's, it, it, it's <clears throat> if you don't know how algorithms work, don't fucking talk about it. Like, okay. and, and I mean, I'm sure there are people who do, but mm. I don't. It's I like, actually really don't. It's like, it's one of those things, you know? Um, that's what I hate a little bit about social media is like, like the coronavirus pandemic. There's so many different fucking opinions about the vaccines and are oh, they not safe or are oh, they are safe or blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, who the fuck cares? It's like nobody actually really knows. Mm. And even if they did, they're so removed from society that if Joe Soap stands up and says, this is exactly how the vaccine works, how the fuck are you going to believe him when there's two billion other people saying that this is how it works? Mm. I don't know much about that, and it's a, it's a crazy wormhole of a discussion to and go down. It, it makes me think of the one guy I follow. He says, you know, <clears throat> it's all great and well and shit like that, but, you know, in reality, can you actually change the fact? Can you change anything or the narrative or whatever? As, can you as an individual do it? And if you can't, then why fucking worry about it? Why bother about it? Why uh, talk about it? Uh, well, I think things affect people to a different degree, whether it's reasonable or not to you. It's reasonable to them. Mm. They they take things entirely different to the way you and I see things or a group of people see things and a group mm. of another people see other things. I mean, it's it's it's... And it's also got to do with issues and shit like that. I want to see the manager. I want to see the manager. So so no. I think that, I mean, I, I know that I've got gripes that I get unnecessarily annoyed by. Yeah. Um, but I just have them. Mm. And I know that it's not right necessarily. Mm. But like some people try to justify that their way of seeing things, even if it's not seen across the board as being a bad thing in some cultures burping after a meal is a good thing yeah yeah it's viewed as a compliment you do that in front of the queen you have your your knob chopped off yes (laughs) (coughs) what the fuck (laughs) oh jesus oh my word and you get to like things like that it's like some people it's like if you look at say veganism for them the their beliefs are extremely important to them about the rights and the, the health of the animals which is fine mm. but then you get a person on the other side of the spectrum where it's animals put there for us to eat otherwise it wouldn't taste so good yeah and their beliefs are extremely important to them but I think we get got almost to a society where you can't discuss the difference. Yeah. You have to fight about it. Mm. And that's not the right way of looking at it, I think. I think if we could have discussions or debates, healthy debates or discussions, it would lead to more understanding and seeing that we're actually not so different. Yes. I think... A lot of what gets in the way is 
disagreement. Ego. Ego, disagreement, uh, fucking bullshit. Uh, I mean, there's so many different things that separate people, so it's hard to really categorize it. Mm. I mean, there's there's cultural differences, but that's not across the board. It's not mm. to say that co- cultures can't interact. Mm. It, they can. They definitely can. Like, we've proven it. But there's, there's some people who still have problems with people from a specific culture. Mm. I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying it's 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 a fact. Mm. We do have racists out there. Mm. We do have people who've got issues with other people out there. And that's what creates separate and, and mm. different. And you start becoming this very narrow-minded person because you view one one race as inferior to you. It's the a very is, stupid way of looking at things, very narrow-minded. The thing is, everybody is different. Every group is different. And rather than judging or condemning someone because they're different, why, why shouldn't we celebrate the difference? Yeah. So it's like um, men and women are not the same, same thing. They're different on so many levels. Yeah. Why should men be more like women and why should be women be more like them? Then it would all be the same and then it would be fucking boring. Why don't we fucking, you know, th- this is the thing. This is the thing. I think countries are looking at things uh, fucking in a bad way, okay? Mm. In terms of holidays, okay? Mm. Holidays are a time where the government or the fucking society uses it to improve their businesses mm. by selling gifts, make, you know, doing mm. all these things. And a lot of people get themselves in debt in those periods of time. Mm. But what if we structured other holidays that we could put together that it's saying, and yeah, we've got the fucking human human rights day and all of this stuff, but like, <clears throat> why don't we have more holidays that are encouraging love? Like Christmas, you know? Like Thanksgiving, mm. like um, fucking Easter. Or Hanukkah. Or all all of these religious mm. uh, um, celebrations and pagan celebrations. Mm. Um, but they incite a lot of good in people, like birthdays, cool, all of that jazz. Like that, that's not something I grew up with. I didn't grow up with celebrating a lot of these things. So, but I've seen it around me. Yeah. But the, the point is that uh, I think we should have just more holidays of being fucking nice to each other. Yeah. Why don't we try and encourage that? Yeah. Like just just being fucking nice. I being a good person. The a lot of the it's partly the ball ball blah English partly because of capitalism to a certain extent is that holidays have sort of lost their meaning. It's like now it's about gifts and buying shit. Yes. Instead of you know the true meaning of, of Thanksgiving is to spend time and give thanks. Yes. For your, the privilege you have of being on this fucking earth. Sure. Can you imagine being on this earth 2000 BC and got fucking animals running around trying to kill you? Yeah, exactly. It's a different set of problems. Exactly, exactly. I mean, people now have got far more opportunity to make something of their life. Mm. Because they don't have to worry about 
fucking surviving. About surviving and, you know, shooting the deer and, and not getting eaten by the fucking tiger. Exactly. I mean, as soon as mankind started figuring out ways to develop a society where people could actually mm. fucking relax and not mm. worry about the fucking lions and mm. shit. We found other shit to worry about. We found other shit to worry about and other mm. things that we can focus on because we know we're in a protected environment. Mm. Like, you know. I was it, Interesting, I was watching a, a clip of Jordan Peterson where they asked him about uh, climate change, you know, and he said, the problem with it is that the science doesn't have firm rules to say... If we do this, this is going to change in the future because there's an error built into it. And the further you look into the future, the greater the error is. He says, but what has been proven is if you lift the standard of living of people from extreme poverty to that they're not struggling, then they care more about the fucking environment. Yes. Yes. And then the environment will start cleaning itself up because the people are more aware of it. Yes. But until you do that, Mm. and he said that's not an easy problem to solve. That mentality is a very Mm. difficult thing to solve Mm. of of not looking after the planet. And I've been guilty of it in the past. I'm not saying I haven't littered in the past, (coughs) but I'm definitely more conscious of not doing it now. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's just things that people do that gripe the fuck out of me Mm. is when they leave sweet papers or chippets chippets of packs, packets (laughs) of chips, (laughs) packets of chips like lying around Mm -hmm. and and just leave them there and don't pick up their trash. Like, that's bullshit, man. People people should be fined for that shit. But the problem is, you know, like where where I work, I've got to drive through – uh, low-cost housing. It's not full-on informal settlement. It's low-cost housing. But the amount of trash that's just there next to the side of the road, A, because there's no fucking refuse cleaning in there, so the municipality isn't doing their job. But the thing is, why should they care? They're all their fucks that they've got to give is into getting the next meal on the table. Yeah. Whereas if that problem is solved, yes, then you can start worrying, hey, this place looks like shit. Let's start cleaning it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. your main focus is worrying about where your next meal is coming from, your priorities are different. Which could also change... The, the drug problem and these bad street drugs that are out there, it could <clears throat> help people want to change their lives in a mm. way that they can get off of this because they see how how destructive these street mm. drugs can be. The pro- a big problem with the street drugs as well is you don't know what the fuck you're getting. Mm. Yeah, I and agree. You get tainted shit and it fucks people up. Yes. Yes. So, like, it, it, I think it would change a lot of problems. Yeah. It would give people the opportunity to aspire to a level where they, where they wouldn't usually be able to aspire to because they're just trying to fucking survive. And the thing is, <clears throat> people get to a point where they, they're so 
outcasted from the community, all they've, all they've got left to do is fucking get high so that they can feel, feel less pain. Yeah. My, my, my point here about things is that, you know, especially when it comes back to the holidays and things like that, it would be nice to introduce a culture that is driven by nothing else but just being kind to your fellow man. Like, mm. just being as good as you can mm. to your fellow man. Like, helping people out. Just just mm. fucking being kind and loving. And however, how, however far you want to extend that can be developed by the culture. Mm. You know, to encourage people and some sort of, like, make a community based around just being a good person to other people. Mm. You know, just just being more conscious because we see beggars all the time and mm. we develop a certain attitude toward them. And I think mm. there's a lot of people out there faking it and all that shit. I'm not saying it's right. Mm. I'm saying it, it drives our apathy toward mm. being kind to our fellow man. Mm. And mm. I'm not saying that's anybody's fault. I'm not saying that, you know, begging on the side. But mm. I definitely think that there are beggars who don't want to be there, man. Mm. I, I feel that there are genuine cases out there mm. that are just so incredibly desperate, but mm. they just can't find their way out. Mm. And the thing is, the way society and, and the communities changed since we were tribes, you know, um, they're so isolated or like outcasts from the community how do you how can you expect them to to have the the will or the motivation to to change something you have got to change the way you've got to change the culture you've got to change the society you've got to mm. change the way things work it's a very mm. complex thing to to think about mm. because if it's not driven by money in our culture, mm -hmm. it's it doesn't doesn't hold. Mm -hmm. If Christmas, like, why would people? Why why do businesses do it? Because it's there's fucking money in it, mm -hmm. and it's got a lot of people who are Christians that believe in the same mm -hmm. re religious backgrounds. Um, if you think of Easter, for example. Mm -hmm. Easter is Jesus' death, mm. right? Essentially. But it's got the Easter bunny and all that stuff, yeah. which I seriously don't understand. Uh, mm. I, I think there's some uh, pagan background to that. Mm. But in any case, the point is that Easter is religious-based. There's a lot of religious people out there who take it very mm. seriously. and But they start developing a money-making market out mm. of this. And so it's driven by money. That's why it exists. It's it's kind of lost its meaning mm. in sense of I think there are people out there who focus on its true meaning for sure. Mm. But I'm saying that it's kind of been like a thing to do, you know. Well, if you for 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 a lot of people, if you look at like I was watching this thing on Marxism or whatever, and the, the argument about like Detroit that it, it was created by the capitalistic system of building all these auto factories there 
and then it was driven by capitalism. Well, it's cheaper to make shit other other places, so we'll move everything, and then the whole town dies. I mean, Detroit in its in its booming days of when all the big car manufacturers there, there was over two million people living in Detroit, and now there's like seven hundred thousand. Cheapest, but it's it, it comes down to values. Is what is the in in the capitalist society, the value is to make as much money as quick as possible, and that's the wrong approach, mm. in my belief, mm. because we're not in a finite game where there's defined players and there's a defined timeline and there's defined results. We're actually in an infinite game where <laughs> the players change all the time, the rules change all the time, and you need to have values or goals that are um, not that are, are, are robust against change. So if you look at like company like where I work at Danel, we're driven by we have to meet this sales target this year. That's all we got to we got to make that target. That's what we got to do. Instead of saying, hang on, <clears throat> if we keep doing that. In 10 years' time, we haven't put any money back into equipment, technology, improving products, mm. things like that. Mm. We're at the point where we're no longer competitive. Mm. Because we've been looking at, if we make so much profit, we get so much in variable pay. And the, the, the shareholder gets money. Mm. Whereas if the, if the goal is to add value and provide value to your customer, mm. then the money will, fo will follow. Mm. 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 Because if you're just driven by money, how much is enough? Mm. I mean, true. there's some extremely rich people that are fucking miserable. Mm. Yeah. Because they've got all this money. It's not enough. They can't get enough to, to satisfy their, their happiness. It's mm. all temporary. That's, that's so true. That's so true. Um, look, I think money makes a lot of things easier. Mm. It gives but, you a better set of problems, but yeah. <clears throat> you need to decide what your, what your goal is. Yeah. Why, why are you doing something? Yeah. Because you can definitely go down a destructive path mm. with using money, like at its like, you, you can develop certain problems because you can afford a certain lifestyle, mm. um, and that that becomes a new set of problems that mm. not everybody can deal with, mm. without falling to some degree. Mm. Um, I don't <laughs> think being rich changes. Challenges changes problems. Mm. Like I don't, I don't. What I what I mean by that is that it's it just gives you a different set of problems to deal with, mm. and and not not the vast majority of people are used to that particular set of problems. Mm. It's like what Mark Manson. I think what he said is you have to. You're going to have challenges or suffering or whatever. No matter what. So 
So make the decisions that are going to give you better problems to deal with. Because hmm. some problems are worse than others. Hmm. True. That's a, that's a great way to think about it. That's a great way to think about it. Right. Hmm. So, what else were we talking about? Well, <coughs> we're going to have... Uh, we're going to have... Oh, I lost my thought. Are we gonna, we're going to go down a, a slightly different no. philosophical path. Oh, no. <laughs> from Immanuel Kant, who was a real present. No, um, the one rule to rule them all. Jesus. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, we'll do it in two versions. So the original words uh, <clears throat> of Immanuel Kant is, act that you use humanity, whether in your own person or in the person of any other, always at the same time as an end, never merely as a means. So, roughly translated, Jesus. each person must never be treated only as a means to some other end, but must also be treated as an end themselves. Christ. <laughs> the branch is smoking. Yes. So, yeah, I, I shared that, that clip on YouTube with you from Mark yes. Manson about it. Yes, yes. So... I did watch it. So it's like, if that was everybody's core value, I think it would be, we would have a better society. Mm. True, true. <laughs> um. so it's like the examples he gives here is like lying is wrong because you're misleading the other person's conscious behavior in order to achieve your own goal yes you are therefore treating that person as a mm. means to your end therefore lying is unethical yes that that is that was one of the great points that he brought out in that video. Um, that if something's going to be wrong in its totality, that it must be wrong all the time. Yes. There's no there's no situation where it's okay. So it must be wrong all the time, yes. and it must be wrong for all the people. Yes. So, like, if the rule applies to me then it should apply to you. Mm. Yes. And the same, in your opinion, it must work both ways. Um, well, it's, it's, it's something that I definitely try to exercise, and it's a quality that I definitely expect back in my, in my relationships that I'm willing to keep alive. Mm. You know, with people that I actually connect with, they have those qualities about them that... They're honest with me. I'm honest with them. There's no mm. bullshit. And the people that I don't get on with are not like that. Yeah, they, the thing is, they there's nothing that says you have to get along with everybody. Yeah. Fuck that. Mm. Some people give you energy and some people take your energy. Yes. 
My friend Pierre calls them energy vampires. Energy vampires. They latch on and they suck you dry. That's it. That's what she said. Yossos. <laughs> Yossos. Hectic. <laughs> right. Yeah, we just got to go back to the cut every now and then just, just to like... To uh, reevaluate. Reevaluate. Yes. Ruminate on that thought. Woo. Hectic. Um, a whole bunch of people cringing right now. <laughs> whole bunch. We aim to offend. Hey, boss. <laughs> Not quite. So, uh, so, uh, what was I going to say now, man? Energy vampires. Energy vampires, yes. So, the whole idea there is that these, these people latch on and they just, they just gain something from you because you're the only one willing to put up with their shit. Or, and they, and they, they get a, a, an amount of energy off of you so that they can just I don't know for what reason. Like, I mean, they just seem to sap energy from you instead mm. of give you inspiration or give you energy to and do it's, things. It's not not to say that they're bad people. It's just they're bad for you. Yes. yes. So, yeah, it's one of those. I had a point that I wanted to discuss about that, but mm. now I seem to have lost it. Thought. Are you getting secondhand high? Uh, we're hotboxing with passion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, but I've had two blunts already, so um, I'm great. Like, oh, man, my brain is just fried now. You fried? As I've got a division by zero error. I think you, uh, I think you may have had a little bit uh, secondhand high. Um, yeah, how we treat other people. Yeah, man. But also, you know, what do you know? No, fuck all the, the fuck. <clears throat> I had a point and now I've lost it and it's going to bother me Shit. until I get back to that point. Well, in any case, I think in terms of just being good to people, like there was mm. that whole experiment that was done about like, uh, people trying to make themselves happier. Yes. And that experiment was done in, in one country and done in another country. And They're the cultures, the cultures that, that were driven to do good for other people were measured to be happier mm. after that same period of time mm. with a different group going a more selfish direction. Mm. Doing stuff for themselves. Yes. So, if it, the whole point is that, like, if you can develop a culture where people feel more positively toward other people in general, mm. and you just change the structure of the way things work mm. in a more positive direction, mm. you can get people trying to aspire to be better, better mm. people in general. Um, it's like, like helping other people because you feel good <clears throat> when you help people. Man. You do. Um, I think that's that's why we were put here. We were put here to help each other. Mm. I mean, no person can do everything themselves. Yeah, it's just impossible. Yeah, I mean, say like in knife making, you can't go mine or make the steel. Grow the fucking trees, chop the wood, make the handle, forge a knife, put it together. You can't do it all yourself. Mm. 
You can, but it's going to take you a fucking long time. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you come together as a community to do something, mm-hmm. you can achieve things that are far greater than one person can do. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, but your role in that entire environment depends on the amount of time that you spend improving yourself and giving mm. yourself more value. Because if, it, if you, one of the things that I saw on the psilocybin trip, I spoke to you about the network of that mm. energy. Yeah. And those different points of energy. <coughs> and they were all connected and they were all uniform and mm. all of the same size, but there had, there was this sense. <coughs> Are you all right? I'm just dying quietly, not so quietly. Sheepers. Um, there was the sense of the, they were all uniform, all the same in size, mm. but some of them had a, a sense of more gravity mm. to them, and they drew others in. And the whole sort of conceptualizing this de- idea is that the way I understand it or understood it in that sort of vision that I had is that if you can just draw more good qualities to you, more will come in. Mm. Like, if you can just exercise yourself from this, like, just just being better at everything in your life, balancing everything better in your life, you can achieve another spiral or another section of the spiral where you continue going up to be the best possible version of yourself. What is that one quote in the Bible? It says, I think it's unto the rich, what's it, everything will be given, and unto the poor, nothing will be given. There's a quote somewhere in the Bible like that. Hmm. So I think. I don't know, I'm not familiar with that scripture. Oh, that's, and you phone a friend, I'll phone my brother, he'll tell me the exact verse and. <laughs> Say that again. So, unto those, I think it's unto those who have, that are rich or have everything, more will be given, and unto those who have nothing, nothing will be given. We'll have to look it up. I, uh, I know the Bible says that the meek ones will possess the earth and they will reside forever upon it, but, uh, fuck. Let me just go to Jamie quickly. This is another thing I wanted to discuss is like, like, I suppose this is also coming from a very religious background. So I don't think there's going to be, everybody's going to necessarily agree with me on this, but like, there's a lot of people that, that are very, like, opposed to anything that the Bible says, okay? I don't, I don't, I don't blame them, but what, what I think, like you were saying it earlier, Tim, is like, don't, don't look at the what. You, you said don't look at what's bad or don't. Believe, believe not what is true, but what is helpful. Yes, yes, believe not what is tr- What? 
Believe not what is true, but what is helpful. Yes, that. So like that that's such a profound thing because like if you think about that, it's kind of like if there's something, for example, if there's something in the Bible that is helpful to you in terms of wisdom or advice or living your life in a more virtuous manner or whatever it is that you're looking for, then don't just have this attitude that it has no value just because people have told you it has no value. <coughs> like there is value in in the Bible for sure. Mm. There is value in it. I don't think anybody's disputing that. What I do think people are dis- disputing is beliefs and maybe they argue about certain time frames and whether certain people in the Bible existed or not. But the Bible's been true quite accurately across the board in certain regards, in, in, in terms of historic events and things like that. And I'm not saying they're all entirely correct or, I mean, yeah, but the Bible is relatively correct. Hmm. But the thing is, whether or not it's it's true, okay, whether or not the Bible is true, it does give good values. Mm. Look after your fellow man. Yes. Don't murder people. Yes. Don't steal. Mm. Those are good core values. Yeah. So whether or not it's true, in certain certain instances, is irrelevant because it creates a better person. It is. It is because, like, the okay. a, a, a lot about. Jesus, <coughs> die quietly, you bastard. So, um, I was I was having a discussion with my friend the other day about this, and I was talking to him about what. I said to him, "What do you think about this?" Adam and Eve and the tree of knowledge and good of good and bad. That was the tree that they ate from. I said, what do you think of the idea that that's just a fun idea? There's no proof that I've got behind it. Nothing like that. It's just a fun discussion. What if, what if that was some sort of a mind-altering drug for the negative that was a test for humanity that God or one of the creators or whoever mm. was involved in creating the the earth and, and so on. Mm. Like the the Assyrian culture believed that that was Enki, I think, and that there was another God there on the other side. Um, and he wanted to help mankind. Mm. And I think the whole story there is that he gave uh, Eve the ability to reproduce I think that's where people get the whole the forbidden fruit was sex thing you know yeah. but I think it could have been some sort of mind altering drug where it took humanity in their perception of things mm. down on a downward spiral mankind in, according to the bible in early mankind history men were living up to 800 years old, 900 mm. years old, but it progressively went downhill to a point where we are I getting it was, to... It was before... 
was it before Moses' time? Or nowhere? They used to grow old, and then after that, something happened, and then God said, you will no longer live past 125 or something like that. Yeah, there's a scripture by special mightiness, 80 years. Yeah. Um, um, that verse I said from the Bible, mm. uh, I will read the Amplified. For whoever has, and in brackets it says, spiritual spiritual wisdom because he has received, he is receptive to God's word. To him more will be given and he will be richly and abundantly supplied. Okay? But whoever does not have spiritual wisdom, uh, because he he has devalued God's word, even what he has will be taken from him. Oh. That's a mind cook. Hold on. You have to read that again. Okay, so forever who... For whoever has, in brackets, spiritual wisdom because he is receptive to God's word, to him more will be given, and he will be richly and abundantly supplied. But whoever does not have spiritual wisdom because he has devalued God's word, even what he has will be taken from him. Jeepers. That's from Matthew 13, verse 12. Wow. Well, that, that makes me think about, look, and I don't know much about the book, but I can't remember who wrote the book. It's called The, the, the Sacred Mushroom and the Cross. Okay. Um, Terence McKenna, maybe. It could be. That sounds, I, know, I, I heard something about Ter- Terence McKenna at one point. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, this book, I, I can't really talk about what it actually says. But it just makes me think of the book, and I'm wondering if that may be, I don't know, I, 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 w- I can't really remember my point or what you were saying, but there's another topic I'm wanting to go down. Well, let's go to <clears throat> that thing. So, <clears throat> I think whoever is open to growth, mm. more growth will be given to them. Mm. And whoever's not open to growth will be going backwards, will get worse off. Mm. So it's the same as those who have knowledge will be given more knowledge. Those Mm. who don't have and are not interested in it will get less, Mm. or everything will be taken from them. Mm. So if you have more positivity, you'll get more positivity. Yeah. And if you have more negativity, you'll get even more negativity. Well, it's, it's kind of like the law of attraction, isn't it? Mm, I don't... <laughs> yes and no. <clears throat> you don't believe that the universe has anything to do with how you go about life? Like, the law of attraction in itself, to me, is, is not valid. So that what you think about is what you'll become or what you focus on is what where you'll go sort of thing to me that law is irrelevant if there's no action so it's only it's like it's a if you look at physics mm-hmm. it's only a small part of the physics 
Yeah. Without the other physics, nothing will work. So it's an important part. But it's the same as if you go to bed at night, every night, dreaming about becoming a knife maker. And you don't actually get out to go and make a knife. You're never going to become a knife maker. Yeah, I see you. So that's that's where my <clears throat> my opposition to the law of attraction comes. Okay. But I do believe that the more positivity you put out, the more positivity you'll receive back. Hmm. The more negativity you put out, because then you get what they get. You get the confirmation bias. So if you're in a negative frame of mind, you'll say, ah, look, there, you fucked up again. See, you're fucking useless. Whereas if you're more positive, you'll make a mistake maybe, but you it won't hold reverence. You'll say, wow, but ticket this, man. I didn't think I could make this. Mm. It may not be perfect. Nothing is perfect. Mm. And nothing will ever be perfect, but the pursuit of perfection is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's, uh, I think if you can just motivate yourself to get over a point at which you're shit mm-hmm. at something, and you can just get the satisfaction <clears throat> of being, even if it's relatively good mm-hmm. for that stage, Mm. of practicing this this specific thing mm. like even if it's relatively good it all depends on how much time you spend doing that thing mm. if you get good at it or not because mm. you can enjoy playing pool before but once you dedicate your time to it mm. that's when you can have the potential to be good mm. and that's you... when you can be have the potential to become excellent so, like, if you just play pool, so if you just play pool game after pool game, you'll get better eventually. Mm. But now if you go and sit and you practice cutting the ball into the center pocket mm. from different places, if you just practice the center pocket, mm. in the short term, it may not help you win more games. Yes. Okay. But once you master that, then you focus on, say, getting a double up or, or whatever. You focus on each individual aspect mm. and mastering that aspect. Mm. In the long term, you're going to be a far better pool player. Yes. So right now you might suck mm. and your, your, your growth curve might be slower. Mm. Um, but there's a point where you pass where that growth curve is just going steeply up, whereas if you're just playing pool game after pool game, you're not going to... You'll get to a degree where you're relatively good, but I mean, by no means Mm. excellent. I mean, you'll be be average. It's like in a a certain situation in the game, because you're playing a game that has to end when you sink the black ball, you can't stop and say, you try a shot and think, hang on, wait, I I fucked up that shot. Mm. Let me try that shot you again. You never end up getting back to it. You never end up getting back to it. Mm. So it's like a mulligan in golf, you know? Yeah. And you fucking yank it off into the trees. Yeah. Not that way, Trenton. I know mm. you're thinking about <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's like, oh, well, put the ball down and try again. Yeah. 
That's why people go to the driving range is to practice specific aspects. Exactly. That's a shit ton of fun. I don't mm. enjoy golf, but I, I enjoy mooding those balls out there. Yeah, there's a certain satisfaction in, in yes, like just beating the shit out of something. I was sore for two days afterwards, though. <laughs> we, we went there for an entire day mm. and just cranked it out. I mean, and, when, uh, I was I was really sore the next day. When I was still down in PE, um, I used to play golf with my friend Darren. We'd play just about once a week at least. Yeah. Sometimes twice a week. And then the golf became more enjoyable because you could see you're getting better. Okay. But if you play like once a month, once every second month, you've had that experience of being better. And when you play and you suck, it is so much more frustrating. Because your your judge of, judgment of your success is related to where you were, you know, maybe a year ago Shit. when you played a lot. Yeah. And now you you suck. Yeah. Fuck. And I think that's that's with everything. I mean, if you're a race car driver and you're practicing every single fucking day, yeah, of course. And then you take a break for two years and you come back. You're not as sharp as you're you. nowhere near as sharp, and it's going it's going to be frustrating because you know mm. this corner could do it a hundred miles an hour. Now you can't even get to eighty because you your cars, you the way you're driving it is just not where it should be. Well, well, this is this is the thing with anything that you just don't. Even if it's something that you think you know very well, mm. when you don't use it, you fucking lose it, man. Like I I haven't. I haven't been doing as much bushcraft as I was in the Western Cape. Mm. And I know that I need to get back to it because if I don't, my skill is going to deteriorate. Mm. I'll still be able to get reasonably what I mm. want, but there's certain things that are going to suffer. It's like riding a bicycle. Yeah. You'll be able to get on and ride it again, but you're not going to win the Tour de France. No. No. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because you're on the wrong drugs. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I still reckon they should have they should have a class of sport where there's just no there's no holds barred. You can do you can do whatever drugs you want, you can take whatever supplements you want. Jeepers. And it's just go for it. People are gonna have fucking seizures and accidents before It's their choice to compete in that. Yeah. So you can you can have your your dope free uh, classes and then you have like it's like when, when I raced rubber ducks we had the standard class where <coughs> you're not you're, you're not allowed to touch anything on your motor you can't modify anything then you get the blueprint class the blueprint class says you can take any part of the motor and adjust it to exactly what the drawing is. So say the throat of the carburetor must be 38.5 millimeters. And you're, normally it's a bit smaller because it's cast, whatever. So now you can take it up to exactly that size. It's on the original drawing. You can take your head uh, headspace on the motor. You can adjust it to exactly what the drawing says. So you can get a – and you can take the rear limit off. So there's certain things you can do to the motor – in order to make it better. Okay. And then they've got the modified class, which is basically, as long as the motor is made up of the parts from a standard motor, so it's not like you 
made a completely different head for the thing or put a completely different carburetor on it. It's legit. But then you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can polish the ports. You can take your head space down to almost zero so you have high, very high compression. And obviously, it's going to go a lot faster. But you have different classes. Yeah. So that's why I say they should have a doping class where you can... I think they should. I mean, Joe Rogan talks about it a lot where mm. he talks about a lot of his friends that uh, practice jiu-jitsu mm. while high. Mm. Um, and I think one of the guys said that he feels like he can preempt when people are going to do certain things. Mm. It's like he can he can know it's coming before it's already coming, mm. you know. And like that helps him in his in his sparring technique and mm. how to fight better mm. and being able to, to see certain things coming. Mm. So like it would be very interesting to have a broader amount of people mm. doing that mm. and figuring out how that actually helps in that community because it can create some real joy and give us an understanding that maybe these things can be beneficial to achieving well, different things. There was a thing on, on carte blanche, I think I shared it with you, about that woman in South Africa who's taking on the law regarding mushrooms. Oh, yes. And basically her argument is that you as a person have the right to make a decision of what you put into your body mm. or not, as long as you don't harm any other people. Yes. So if you want to eat mushrooms and the whole day in your yard, Jesus, you should be allowed to do it, provided you're not <clears throat> harming any other people. It's like... You wouldn't want to do that. <clears throat> it's the same as, like, say you like shooting. You should be allowed to go shooting. As long as you don't go and shoot up the whole fucking neighborhood and kill people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's her argument is that you have a right to what goes into your body. Mm. You can make the decision, do I want to drink coffee or don't I? That's your decision. You should be entitled to do that. Mm. And we'll we'll do a, a slightly controversial topic that like it's the same with a COVID vaccine. You should have the right to decide whether or not it goes in your body. Yeah. It shouldn't be forced on you. Yeah. Or it shouldn't be withheld from you. So if, if you want to take it, you should be allowed to take it. Yeah. And if you don't want to take it, you should be allowed not to take it. Yes. And there shouldn't be any consequences or different classes of people based on the decision they make. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the debate on, the, especially the COVID vaccine, is that you're going to create different classes like oh you had the vaccine you can do this you haven't you can't do that it's the same as what apartheid was you're born black that's what you are you're born white you can have these privileges mm. so that whole thing is wrong mm. I still it's like that's why I believe you you should have a right to decide what goes into your body yeah I agree with that I, I can understand why countries are wanting to like sort of not let people into those countries mm. because they haven't had the vaccine and things mm. like that. 
but it, I don't know much about the vaccine, so I can't really even talk about it. That's but my what point. I what I do know mm. is that it doesn't seem like there's been enough time and effort gone into it to actually find out is it safe? What effects does it mm. have on the body? Like, doesn't it generally take them a long fucking time to develop a safe vaccine? The thing is, I don't know, but what I I think is that there's there's not enough information at the moment. Mm. It's because, like, the different variants we're getting now, like the the Kent variant and the South African variant, and there's a Brazilian variant, whatever. <clears throat> but the virus mutates and changes. And when it when there's a change that's noticed that it's overtaking the existing strain, so to say, they don't even know if the vaccine will work against that that strain because there's not enough we haven't had enough time to build up the knowledge on it we we limited by what we can know and understand and there's only a certain pace that you can learn at so <clears throat> it's like polio Polio for years, they didn't understand, and it took them a long time to develop a vaccine for polio. Um, they were limited by their technology, but what they know now, having had all the extra time of doing the research, on putting in the hours, they can answer questions better. Mm. At the moment with COVID, I don't think we can answer the questions better than what we are doing at the moment, because it's based on the knowledge we have. Yes. Yes. And, um... I mean, scientific studies take time. Does, does. That's that's why I still have a big objection to the whole war on drugs, because in the 60s, they were doing experiments with hallucinogenics, and they were getting very good results, or interesting results, and then they stopped it. Hmm. Couldn't do it, and they only started again in the early 2000s, I think. Shit. So they lost like 30, 40 years of yeah. research time. Yeah. That maybe they could have figured out some brilliant shit by now. Yeah, yeah. But we've been like handicapped because now you can't go there. Mm. Mm. You're not allowed to talk about that. A lot of these, well, this, this is the thing, a lot of these plants have mm. been able to help people and enhance their lives. And I mean, plants are incredible. And all these different chemical compounds in them and how they interact with the body, they're incredible. And some of those chemical compounds can be extremely helpful in terms of medicinal use. Mm. So... It's, it's like like why should then then you should stop fucking having tinctures and shit because it's, it's plant based. Yeah, it might not be so psychoactive, but mm. fuck man, just well if they use the argument, oh, it's bad for you to fucking shoot heroin, then why the fuck do they have McDonald's? That shit's bad for you. Yeah, you know, Coke is bad for you. Um, not the stuff you snort, the stuff you drink. Yeah, it's. It's got sugar in it, and we know it's bad for you. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. It's socially acceptable. You can't smoke weed, but you can go to a bottle store and buy as much brandy as you want and drink as much of it as you want 
and fuck up your whole body on the inside. Yeah. Maar net so lang jy nie rook nie. So lang jy nie rook nie. It's hypocritical. It's crazy, man. And that relates back to the universal law. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If it applies to one thing, it should apply to all things. Yes. Yes. So you can't say drugs are bad, okay? Or illegal drugs are bad, but pharmaceuticals, okay? Yeah. Because fentanyl, opium, morphine, Oxycontin, Alzam, all these things are pharmaceuticals. They also can be addictive and they can be fucking bad for you in the wrong dosages. Hmm. But it's okay because it's socially acceptable. Jeepers. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Mind blown. Uh... Dude, yeah, it's it's so crazy. Like, I, I, I don't, I think a lot of people got such a bad attitude toward um, things like weed and things like psilocybin and things like that. I'm not saying they're all together good for everybody, mm. but I do think that there's an unnecessary hype behind how bad it is for you versus how good it is for you in terms of therapy, in terms of healing, in terms of seeing life differently and and spiritual awakening and things like that. Like it can help you. My my belief is that, you know, we should be able to have the conversations and to do the research about things. Yes. Things. Anything. Mm. It shouldn't be limited to A or B. Mm. It's like we can't, you're not allowed to talk about the transgender stuff. Why not? If we could have a discussion about it, we could have more understanding. Mm. And if you have a listen with the purpose of trying to understand what the other person's saying, yes. rather than listen in order to form an argument, mm then the world would be a better place. Yeah, but don't you think that everybody, like there's almost the sense of having a satisfaction with people who disagree with you, like in culture. There's got to be a good and a bad. There's got to be the right way of looking Mm. at at it and the wrong way of looking at it. And so... Like, there's almost this satisfaction in this interaction that is argumentative and just fundamentally bad. Like, people create their own chaos. Like, they they find a way to vent their shit so that they can find some purpose in fighting for something or... Find something which can provide them with meaning. Yes, and something to so some people use that sort of interaction mm. and they'll get involved with it and they'll get stewed up about being hateful because somebody believes something that they don't believe and it's and it's crazy it's all driven by this inward need for some sort of turmoil and i think that is the curse of humanity mm. that if we're not going on the right path that we're going on or that we should be going on then we start creating this this cycle of turmoil in our but lives. I think it's a cycle of, or it's it's a function of 
where we come from. We always have to, because we have consciousness, as we understand it, we always have to find something to stress over. Because mm. we're looking out for what's going to fucking kill us. Mm. And because there's less things out now to kill us, we find other things to fucking worry about and yeah. give our fucks away for. Yeah, yeah. Because it provides a meaning. Mm. And that breaks back to values and whether it's a good value or a bad value. Mm. I think it's a good value that we should be humane in the way we treat animals. Mm. Yes. So it's a fairly good value. But having the value that we must do that for all animals and nobody may have any belief different to that or see a different use for the animal. Mm. If that's not allowed, then is that a good value? Well, yeah, you can take this to many extremes, but I mean, you you can, like, I think there's certain animals that definitely, but it, it's, it becomes a difficult argument to make because then you're essentially saying that you can do one thing that is a, that is okay in one form, but you can't do it in another, another form. But it's like, that's, that's essentially... It's like horse racing and <clears throat> greyhound racing. In some places, horse racing is fine, but you can't race dogs. Mm. Yeah? Mm. You can have MMA where two grown people beat the shit out of each other, but you can't have... I want to say it, but... but you can't do it with a random oak in the street. No, you, you, can't, you can't do that with animals. You can't have dog fights. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But... There is value to that. I don't want to compare it to that, but yeah. it's it's like in the old days. It There's was value fun. to having dog fights. No, there isn't. Oh, yeah. so, no, what, what it's not f- a good value. To <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, like okay. In 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 the older days, yeah. it's fine for men to fight. Yes, but women weren't allowed to box. Yes, because it's unladylike. Yeah, well, it, because it's the societal norms. Yeah, whereas. I'm more of the belief if you want to go in in a comp- competitive environment, beat the shit out of someone, and they want to as well, you should be allowed to do it. Yes. Provided it doesn't cross certain boundaries. Yes. Um, not like fight to the death. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's like Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe Rogan <laughs> describes uh, uh, fighting as problem solving at a very high pace with with extreme and dire consequences. Oh man, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Because sooner or later you're gonna get kicked in the face. Yes. That's that's crazy. It's definitely you definitely get in that space when you're sparring. Mm. Like you you can be sparring with somebody and then you start sort of seeing how they move mm. and you start getting a, a, a sort of like understanding of the style of fighting mm. that he's got. And you're trying to predict a pattern where mm. he'll do certain things and make this other move, right? Mm. And it's I like don't want to... It's a chess game. It's it a very fast-paced chess game 
where you're interacting with somebody who's conscious, trying to deceive you at the mm. same time, trying to tell you other things mm. while he's actually going to do something else. Like you, you, you've got to develop this quick calculation mm. style of the, mm. a way to move that mm. you can benefit or not get fucking hit, mm. right? And it's and it's and it hurt because it hurts you mm. or it has dire consequences. <laughs> you have to fucking make that like you you're just a masochist if you're going in there for a good fucker, yeah. like. You know, if you've got no no real intention of defending yourself, mm. it's like you're going to fucking lose, first of all, and you're going to get fucking hurt properly. And it's like in the primitive man, you know, now we go hunting as a recreation. Mm. Or it's, it, it's, a, it's a form of going back to our roots, but it's not the same. Whereas in the old days, you know, if you missed the shot, your fucking family went hungry. Yeah. Or yeah. you had to rely on what other maybe they gathered some fruit or berries or something that you could eat. But if they failed at that, there was dire consequences. Yeah. I think that's why I think that's why the, the, the fighting sports, so to say in brackets, have such an appeal to people on a on like a primal level. Mm. Because it goes back to being like survival of the fittest. Mm, mm, that's true. Warriors. Mm. Warriors. Struggling <laughs> to uh, remain consequential. I was listening to this song again the other day. It's on one of my playlists. Psych Ward. That's great. Psych Ward. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. You know, it's, a, it's a playlist that when I was in, in the psych ward in hospital... We used to sit outside in the evenings because during the day you have classes and stuff, all your therapy sessions and shit. So in the evenings, we used to sit and we'd listen to music and chat about different things like what's happening in your, your therapy or your family meeting or mm. whatever, what you're dealing with. And we used to do it with this music and we used to sing and shit. So all of those songs and more I've added to, we created a playlist on, on Spotify called Suckwood. Shit. That's course, great. You know, it's not something you should be ashamed of. Yeah. You know. No, for sure. Rather, rather get the help than be the one who ends up fucking blowing your brains out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, Tool's a great band, though. Yeah. That, that music in that song is just, it's a long fucking song. But I mean... The way the whole all the music is composed, the vocals, mm. it's it's it inspires something different. It's not like I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Jesus, what a comparison! No, it's, it's a, like it's like some music moves you, mm. other music doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's like a piano man. But uh, Billy Joel, it takes me back to when mm. I was a student. We used to go to the one pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was Francois who used to play. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, playing the guitar, mm -hmm. sing. And it was not sing us a song piano. Sing us a song, you're Francois. Sing us a song tonight. Because we're all in the mode to get totally fucked. And you got us feeling wrong. <laughs> so when I hear that song, I'm yeah. transported back to that... Uh, that time frame. That time frame. Right. Right. Sorry. No worries. Go for it. Okay. Um, I think we should pause here. Yeah. We'll get some coffee. Get some and, coffee uh, and carry on. Carry on.
All right. We'll be right back. Ne? And we are back. We just had a little bit of a bry. And, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. It was a great, great bra. Yeah. We didn't burn ourselves. Yeah. And we didn't burn the food. So it's a plus plus. It's a plus. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of undercooked the chicken a little bit. But, yeah. Anyway. No one died in the making of this. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Tim and I were talking about a few things at the fire earlier. And uh, I can't remember what they were all about, to be honest. But, like, we were talking about... We were talking about, like, religion, I think. Mm. Yeah. And we were talking about stories across different types of religions at different times. Mm. And how much truth those hold versus how much they don't hold. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's wrong to question... It's not wrong to question the truth of it. Um, But what... For me, it's what value can it add mm, mm. it's like when, when we're having the discussion with grant mm. but why yeah why is it important yes yes um why was it important for them to write down those stories whether you not believe it was people or well, prophets or well, that's what religion like i think in islam they recognize the birth of christ but not as the messiah as something else mm. Mm. Um, and then you get other religions that believe that Jesus wasn't a Messiah and Muhammad was just a prophet, and then there was another prophet afterwards. Mm. And then you get Eastern culture, where you have Taoism and Buddhism and Hinduism, where it's all, it's different, but it's the same, almost. Okay. What holds the same sort of relevant because it's there before all the civilizations were all interconnected there must have been offshoots from a source Mm. and each offshoot say that three times fast (laughs) each offshoot then developed their own story Mm -hmm. so their own history yeah yeah which I think as the story gets told so it changes for sure. Um, and then if you get two cultures that say merge, they merge their beliefs, mm. which is their story. Yeah. Well, that, that that's what I think. That's what I think. Uh, it, it seems very logical. We know for a fact uh, that there are certain religious uh, holidays that are, that are pagan. Mm. That is a fact. Mm. Right? Uh, Christmas being one of them. So... You know, it's like that's proof alone that mm. uh, that these these things that these things definitely happened across the board. There was always going to be some sort of tribe that was going to mix with another tribe and and related stories of creation and 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 told them told each other their versions and they twist and combine them to make a new version. And, uh, I mean, that's going to happen. So mm. it's very difficult to find out what the actual truth is. And mm. isn't the logical way about going about finding out some sort of truth 
is to go back to the earliest record about it mm. and figure out the clean version and what they could have been experiencing or what they could have been going through. But then again, you can also look at what knowledge has been lost, like we we're talking about the yeah the library in, in, in uh, uh, Alexander's library, the Library of Alexandria. Yeah, what was it? Where, yeah, the Library of Alexandria. Yeah, and, and um, who burnt that down? I can't remember. Yeah, but whoever burnt it down it was a cunt. Yeah, or. <sighs> And then so I think some of that knowledge, where's the peppers? Oh, the pepper. Um, some of the knowledge, you carry on, I'll look for it. Um, <coughs> some of the knowledge may have been taken away. I mean, who's to say it's not yes. stored in the Vatican? Or some of it? Well, that's the thing. Because we know the Vatican has this huge, immense library of books and scripts and all sorts of things, but very, 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 very few people have access to it. Yeah, so it's it's like, you know, and there's possibly stuff in there that challenges the entire belief system. Mm. You know, that challenges religion entirely. Mm. And like, if it does that, you can understand why they wouldn't want that coming mm. out. It's like the, the, the American government that's sort of for a long time were suppressing, or some people believe they were suppressing contact with other intelligent life forms where it was hidden from public and now some things are coming out very slowly um, but maybe it's them hiding the thing because they don't want the population to know because maybe if they know it will just be chaos yeah exactly exactly uh, there's certain truths that I don't think mankind is ready for mm. <clears throat> Beware of un unearned wisdom, as John Peterson said. Mm. Wisdom or knowledge. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the dangers of psychedelics. <sighs> Man. Because what's what has been seen cannot be unseen. Well that's the thing. <clears throat> that's the thing. And I think it's something that you definitely want to go in with a very deep respect for it. Mm. Because it is possibly going to be one of the most profound moments of your life. Yeah, it uh, it helps you, all 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 sorts of different sections of the brain mm. link at once. And the thing is, if you have a bad one, it's uh, not to say that it's bad. No, but say you're in a environment which is not right. Yeah, and you have a bad trip. Right, right. Um, the damage that can be done in something like that can also maybe not be undone. Yeah. Or it might take a long time to... Time to mm. Yeah, you definitely want to do at least your first experience with it. You want to do it with somebody that you trust and in a familiar place to you. Mm. You must feel entirely comfortable in that, like, mm. in that moment. Because if you're not, you can start freaking out, man. Yeah. Start freaking the fuck out. And that's not what you want to do, right? No, you want to be chilled. You want to be super chilled. Even music Mm. that you love, Mm. that maybe has a little bit of a hardcore sense to it, becomes really fucking intense to listen to. (coughs) When you're in that state Mm. of mind, oh Mm. my God. Things things get crazy, man. And I get crazy at a pace. Shit. Well, that's... 
not that I've experienced it, but that's one of the things that a lot of people have said that did these psychedelic trips, whether it be DMT, Ibogaine, mm. psilocybin, LSD, whatever. Where was I going with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about... Uh, oh, the experience of time. So... Mm. Sounds your perception of time, like if you smoke DMT, yeah. it's a very short high. It's like five to yes. fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your perception of the time frame that you are in that other place, yeah, can be weeks. Shit. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, dude. So it's like the one guy said he was speaking to Michaela Peterson. Mm. He said he feels like he's lived. More than a thousand years, because he he does DMT, but large dose, uh, fairly often. As in, maybe three or four times a year. Oh my gosh! But he says the time frame and what you spend in those other places seems like so much longer than what you've lived in your lifetime. Jeepers. And he's continually sees similar figures. It's like the purple goddess woman or whatever. Yeah. And Michaela Peterson seen it. And when one of his friends did it, he started to freak out a bit. And he said, no, just chill, just relax. This, this is going to happen. It's not going to be long or whatever. Mm. And then the guy said to him, oh, there's a purple chick here. She says that I must tell you, she says hello. And when they came, when his friend came out, his description was exactly the same as what he had in his mind's eye. They, they had a group group experience. Mm. Although only one of them was high at the time. Fuck. So they'd met similar or this what can be perceived as the same entity. Jeepers. Well, I um <clears throat> I was talking to uh and I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning this, but I was talking to Wayne Wilmot about an experience that, that I've spoken to you about, and we won't get into that now. Yeah. But th that feels like a, a, a second life mm. or a past life. Mm. And uh, I was speaking to Wayne Wilmot, Wilmot about it, and he was, um, he was saying that whenever he gets high, he goes to the same place where he has, like, this vision of him being on like a, a primitive platform, mm. like, you know, primitive culture platform, mm. talking to a wide, vast group of people, like a, some sort of a leader or something like that. Okay. And I'm like, hmm, that's, that's very interesting. And he, and he says it's so vivid in, in that vision, and it's something that he has multiple, like, Multiple times. Like almost like a recurring dream. A, a recurring dream. But like only when he's high this happens. So it's like, you know, yeah, some people say it could be driven by some sort of emotional feelings that you... you it's maybe something in the subconscious that's coming up. Something in the subconscious that's coming up. But either way, there's, there's some sort of value in it. You can... 
derive some sort of mm. value from that. You know, if dreams away, if dreams can affect the way you think for the rest of the day, mm. like just just in terms of like how you feel emotionally, like after you've had a really hectic dream or a really mm. scary dream, or um, oh, you can get over it pretty quick. But if it really gets to you, mm. if it really does something to you emotionally, that feeling is hard to knock off. Mm. I know because I don't generally don't like remembering my dreams or dreaming because I t- tend to have vivid but twisted dreams, and it's like almost like the next day when you wake up you're in a cock mood. Mm. Um, you, you remember bits and pieces, but none of it makes sense. You can't mm. describe it. Mm. Mm. Um, and it irks you. It eats away at your yeah. consciousness the whole day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, this is the thing. It's it's like you can't say dreams don't affect you or that mm. they're not important or whatever. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not saying all dreams must have a meaning and all mm. dreams must have sense to them and all mm. dreams. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm not. Don't don't go into it too deep. But like, you know. Especially if you're having a reoccurring dream, mm. that that that's that's something that might be telling, trying to tell you something. Well, um, Matthew McConaughey, yeah, he was telling Joe Rogan that he had this dream about a certain specific place in Central Africa where he just had to go, and he had that dream a few times, and eventually he said. No, he's going to go to this place now. And he said the connection he felt with that place was almost like he was at home. Jeepers. And he's been back to that same place a few times since. But after he'd been there, he stopped having the dream. Because I think it got him the connection that he was looking for. Shit. That's crazy. So dreams, my theory is dreams wouldn't be there for no fucking reason. Is this a place he had been to in the past that he had Mm-mm. a desire to go to? Or? No. He had never had... It was almost, I think, a form of lucid dreaming. I'm not too sure, but he had the dream about the same place a few times at significant points in his life. And I think it was the third time, whatever, that the dream moved him so much that he decided, no, he must go to this place. And he went and he spent a couple of weeks there or something, but it changed him. And I think he was happier or more connected. Jesus. But it's my theory is nothing is here without a reason. Mm. Nothing in nature exists without a reason or a purpose. Mm. So if we have dreams, they've got to have some sort of purpose. Yes. Not all of them, but some of them, that's there for a reason. You know, I, I think there's definitely those dreams that are just crazy and out there and fucked up and weird. Yeah. and Like, yeah, those happen for sure. But that could be your mind working through s- scenarios. Yes. Overthinking shit again. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like a, a high guy, a guy on like a shit ton of weed mm. – and Red Bull, um, just fucking 
pressing buttons of different memories that mm. you've had. Like, and he's just going at it. But, yeah, because your dreams can get really fucked up. Very mm. crazy, very illogical. Mm. Um, you know, but anyway, I think that is what we wanted to convey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think I think that's done. Because I think if we carry on now, yeah. uh, we're not going to stop for another couple of hours. Yes. But I think we our mental capacities are at that point where yeah. it's a good point to stop. It's a good point to stop, I think. Mm. So thank you, Tim, for coming through. And thank you, Trajan. Bro, it was yeah. lovely. Yeah. It's very, very cool, dude. Yeah. Let's still get that idea that you must make a skillet. Yes, yes, it has to happen sometime soon. You've got to finish those tongs first. Finish the tongs first, and then we... That's going to be another thing, guys, is we're going to be doing a giveaway pretty soon Mm. uh, on a pair of tongs. So that's what's to look forward to. Remember to check us out on Instagram, and if you have (laughs) comments that you'd like to Mm. make on any of our episodes, go and join the Facebook group for the Open Hearthcast. Yeah. And uh, you can leave your questions of, of things that you may have to mm. ask on the show that we can possibly get answers for and things like that. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, reach out and touch me. Right, copyright infringement. <laughs> no, you just fucked it up. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks a lot. Thank you, man. We'll check you again on the next episode. Cheers. Cheers, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Open Hearthcast. Find us on Instagram at Open Hearthcast and we'll see you again real soon.